Hey, you're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in and around the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles throughout the week. And then we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, this is episode three of the second season of Make and Multiply, and we are working through some of the one another commands in the New Testament. The one I want to cover this week comes from James 5, 16, which says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So the one another command right there is confess your sins to one another. And this is admittedly an uncomfortable command. Uh, What probably comes into your mind when you hear this idea of confessing your sins to one another is um, one of these you know, summer camp things, you're gathered around the fire and everybody is disclosing all of their deepest, darkest sins and then singing kumbaya afterward. Um, It could evoke some fear and terror, like uh, how much of my sinfulness do I have to disclose to others? There's this uh, awkwardness about telling other people, admitting to other people uh, what we've thought and what we've done. What does it mean to confess our sins to one another? I understand that command to mean primarily that repentance should be as public as the sin. Uh, So here's how the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, Article 15, a section called Of Repentance Unto Life, talks about repentance. It says this, As every man is bound to make private confession of his sins to God, praying for the pardon thereof upon which and the forsaking of them he shall find mercy. So he that scandalizeth, that's a mouthful, scandalizeth his brother or the church of Christ ought to be willing by a private or public confession and sorrow for his sin to declare his repentance to those that are offended, who are thereupon to be reconciled to him and in love to receive him. So the explanation there is that Every single one of us must make confession of our sins to God first and foremost. That's where all confession begins. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Or Psalm 32, 5, David says, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So confession is to God first and foremost. And to confess means to say the same thing, to say uh, something along with somebody else. In other words, to agree. So to confess to God is to say about our sins what God says about them, that they are wrong, that they're evil, that they deserve his wrath and his judgment. So we're not making excuses, we're not covering, but we are acknowledging sin and agreeing with God that, that we have sinned against him. That That's the duty of every person to confess our sins to God. And then Westminster Confession of Faith says, so when you sin against your brother, you sin against somebody else, you ought to be willing to confess your sin 
to that person whom you've wronged, whether that's privately or, or publicly. Um, so, so again, the principle is the confession of sin should be as public as the sin itself. Uh, or another way to say it is we should confess our sins to those who were affected by it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in this rather than uh, taking James 5.16 to mean that we should disclose all of our sins to everyone. If you just take confess your sins to one another uh, to mean that every Christian should be telling all of their sins to everyone else in the church, that would actually be rather unhelpful. Matthew 18.15, the, the principle that Jesus has there for relationship reconciliation is if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. And then through the next steps in Matthew 18, that circle gradually grows bigger if that person who has sinned is unrepentant. And so Jesus says, if he doesn't listen to you, take uh, a couple witnesses along with you. And if he still doesn't listen, then bring it to the church. So the circle is gradually growing larger, uh, but it's on a, a need-to-know basis, and not everybody needs to know about every sin committed. There's a reason that the church doesn't publish a list of all of its members' daily and weekly sins the way that newspapers publish the police report. We're not cataloging everybody's sins. You know, to obey J James 5.16 does not mean we make a catalog of all of our members' sins and then we publish that publicly so that all the other members can see the sins that everybody else has committed. Rather, uh, when we sin against someone, we should go confess to that person. And sometimes we sin against other people in front of more people, which means that our confession should also involve those people. There, there was a time uh, once I, I made a comment to somebody at one of our MC gatherings, and it, it was unkind. And I was convicted about it, and uh, I, I felt like it was right for me to apologize to that person uh, but to do it while other people in the MC were still there because others had heard what I said and I wanted everybody to know uh, who had heard that, that was unkind, it was wrong, and I ought not to have said that. I wanted to ask for forgiveness from that person in front of other people. So I think that's what it means to confess our sins to one another. And and this one another command is so crucial because uh, confession of sin really is related to our fellowship with one another. First uh, John 1, 7 through 9 says this, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that's, that's a surprising statement. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have, I, I would expect it to say, fellowship with God. If we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with God. But it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So fellowship with one another is dependent on walking in the light. The rest of that verse says, in the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Now listen to this. If we say we have no sin, so that's the opposite of confession. Confession is to say the same thing, to agree with God about our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this idea of walking in the light 
is connected to acknowledgement of our sin. That if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We're not walking in the light. And if you're not walking in the light, then you are out of fellowship with your neighbor, with your brother or sister in Christ. But if we confess our sins, first and foremost to God, and then also to those against whom we have sinned, if we've sinned against specific people, uh, God is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then walking in the light, we enjoy fellowship with one, with one another. I think this is a fundamental reason that community can break down within churches. When there are uh, sins against each other, even if they're small things that go unaddressed, unconfessed, uh, that builds up hurt, resentment, bitterness. It puts us out of fellowship with one another. And if if some specific person comes to your mind and you think, uh, I've, I've wronged that person, I know I did, and I haven't ever confessed that to them, I haven't sought reconciliation with that person, go do that. Confess your sins to one another, to, to the people against whom you have sinned. Uh, if you think that somebody else has something against you, then it's also in your court to take initiative and and move toward that person. That's what Matthew 5 says if you're worshiping at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, go and be reconciled to your brother. Um, so pursue reconciliation, uh, deal with the sins that come up in relationship to one another. You put a bunch of people in community, there are going to be hurts, there are going to be offenses, there's going to be uh, sin against one another in community. That's inevitable. And as we mature in Christ, then we learn how to deal with that, not in the unhealthy, dysfunctional ways of the flesh, but in this gospel way where we confess our sins to God and because we've been justified by Jesus, all of our sins atoned for, all of Christ's righteousness applied to us, then we actually enjoy the freedom of being able to confess our sins to others, humble ourselves before them, admit that we were wrong, uh, and experience that grace of forgiveness and reconciliation together. God reconciled us to himself. Now we are ambassadors of reconciliation, uh, imploring the world be reconciled to God. And, and that involves walking in reconciliation with one another. Uh, one other thought on confession of sin, uh, again, quoting from the Westminster Confession of Faith, it says, men ought not to content themselves with a general repentance, but it's every man's duty to endeavor to repent of his particular sins particularly, which means uh, it's much easier to confess in vague generalities than it is to be specific. But since sin is specific, we, we sin in specific moments, in the words that we say, um, in the attitudes that we express, it comes out. We should be specific about the sin we're confessing. And and the safest thing to do is to use biblical language. That guards against um, being vague on the one hand or being um, unnecessarily detailed. Uh, sometimes confession of sin, people can get too explicit or uh, detailed about everything. Stick to the, the biblical uh, vocabulary. What does the Bible call this sin? Is it selfishness? Is it arrogance? Uh, we have a tendency to make excuses for ourselves by writing things off as uh, mere personality 
traits, um, character flaws. We, we, we kind of downplay things. We bl- can blame our sin on uh, our tiredness or our hunger or whatever else. But when we're confessing our sin, we should just call it the sin that the Bible calls it. Uh, name it and take responsibility for it and ask forgiveness for it. So confess your sins to one another in this gospel hope that if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles, missional communities, or gospel fluency, please email me at ryan at emmausroadsf.com. And if you're not currently part of a huddle or MC, let me know and I would love to help you get connected. Thank you.